And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. Coming up, we've got a story that's going to trip you out about a bed and breakfast in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I think Rebecca and I are still like trying to recover from this one. Oh my gosh, it was the most exhausting ghost story I think we've ever heard because literally everything and anything went on at that place. There's so much of a story, we can't even fit it all in the podcast. We're going to have to no! put like part of it on Patreon. <laughs> Speak Speaking of Patreon, we have to say hello to Lisa Matonis. She is a brand new patron. Don't forget, we are still posting exclusive content. So go to patreon.com and look for Haunted AF. And of course, you can find everything else we do online at hauntedaf.com. That includes our merch. We have some really cute t-shirts, hats, and the coffee mug. Oh my gosh, the coffee mug. Check it out, hauntedaf.com. This is a really good time to go ahead and get one of those oversized Haunted AF hoodies too, you know? Oh yeah. Because hopefully, I mean, I know here in Texas, it's going to be like hot for another two months, but everywhere else in the world seems to be cooling off. So go ahead yeah. and grab a sweatshirt. All right, let's just go ahead and jump in. This story comes from Ellie's husband, and I don't know his name, but I'm already so in love with this man. Okay, so back in 2016, I remember it was a Friday night. So we went out and we couldn't find any inappropriate things that we were wanting to do, you know, like we were going to go find smoke. So my friend knew this guy that we should nickname him Jojo. We went and we picked up uh, what we had to pick up, you know. And while we were in the area, my friend kept telling me like, oh, you remember the story that I told you when I fell through the roof, you know. And I told him, I'm like, well, cool, you know, since like we're in the area, let's go look for it. Like, I mean, we're already here, might as just well. So we ended up picking that thing up, you know, we started to drive to like near the area where he remembered. But I mean, we have full tank on our car. So I was like, let's just go, you know, let's cruise around. So we ended up in this dark place, you know, like this road and we ended up crossing some railroad tracks. So, you know, when it comes to freaky stories and like scary stories, when you cross on railroad tracks, it's about to get real. Okay, (laughs) so we crossed the railroad tracks and everything around was dark. Like, I'm talking about rural dark. So me and my friend, we're driving. We cross the railroad tracks. And behind me, I start noticing a light. Like, a car was coming, you know. And it was weird because I hadn't seen no car. But, I mean, there was apparently a car behind me. So I'm like, okay, you know, it might be a cop. But then I started getting this funky feeling, you know. Like, this feeling in your gut. Like, something's not right, you know. But I didn't know if I felt like that because we had illegal things in the car. So in my head, I'm like, oh, man, hopefully this is not a cop. So I wanted to tell my friend, hey, there's somebody behind us. Just act cool. Don't move. Don't reach for nothing because he could be a cop, you know. So I'm driving and that car, I heard the engine start rev up. Like it started to rev up and it was catching up to us. So to paint you the picture, I'm on the left lane behind. I could see the two lights from that car. He was on my right lane. So he started speeding up. We're coming to a complete stop. It was a stop sign, so I came to a complete stop, and that car was revving his engine, so, like, I thought this dude is gonna run through the stop sign, you know? We could, like, hear him, and I could feel him on my right-hand side that he was, like, approaching, and we're both looking and turning at the same time to see who it is, 
when he was braking, we heard the brake squeaking. That car was gone. Completely disappeared. Like, I was in shock. And I thought to myself, like, oh, my God, I'm going crazy. Like, I just saw this car literally from all the way behind there. He just disappears. My friend turns around scared. He looks at me and he was like, bro, did you just see that? I told him, I'm like, man, I think that was just a ghost car, bro. Like, oh, my God, what? I told my wife about that story. And, you know, at first she was like, oh, y'all were high on something. Y'all were messed up. She probably thought, you know, we're just tripping on some illegal stuff. But we wasn't. And I have more stories when I was a kid, too. Paranormal stuff. So I'll keep you updated. Thank you. Oh, my God. Please do. Uh, he is amazing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Give them the email address again real quick. Yeah. If you want to send us some ghost stories, please do. Haunted AF. Uh, haunted AF. <laughs> I turn to forget. <laughs> I have one job. Haunted AF podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's haunted AF podcast at gmail.com. It's all good. And seriously, <laughs> uh, what Ellie did with her husband, if you know someone Someone who's got a great story, but you know they're never going to sit down and send it to us. Take mm-hmm. your phone and shove it in their face and get it because we want to hear those stories. Okay, now this one comes from Rob. Hey ladies, this is a, a Rob from Wexford in Ireland. So uh, the story I'm going to tell you today is about one of the places that I lived in. So the place is called High Brussel House and it's in Kilmain. So the main thing that we hear at the start would be loud noises from uh, the bathroom mainly. And it would literally sound like someone in the bathroom making a lot of noise, knocking things over and stuff and you'd go in there and nothing was moved one night i was in bed and it was a gorgeous apartment they had original wooden floor so i had my phone charger i left it beside my bed and i kind of woke up to hear it getting dragged across the floor anyway i just went back to sleep next morning woke up and my phone charger's on the other side of the room so my ex-girlfriend at the time uh, she was an avid reader and she wore glasses so she'd always um, have a book and she'd read before we go to bed one night um, she put her glasses on top of her book face up like she always did next morning she got up the glasses were on the floor near where the door was and they were folded out not in the way she left them whatsoever and I definitely didn't move them it's only the two of us in this apartment one of my favourite things again my ex-girlfriend she was big into jigsaws and she finished one one day and she was missing a couple of pieces probably about five or six pieces and obviously it was a small apartment it wasn't very big so they wouldn't have gone anywhere so then a week later very very strangely I took the hoover out to hoover and the hoover was in the same spot as it always was which was basically right beside the bar where the jigsaw was I picked the hoover up and underneath the hoover was all these bits of jigsaw that were just miraculously there all of a sudden and then another time it's only a one bedroom apartment really so I had my games console in there and I was just playing my games and I could have sworn at the corner of my bed I could see a little girl but by the time I like adjusted my eyes to look there was nothing there I was like I'm just probably saying things so could have been a couple of weeks later maybe I was in work at the time my girlfriend was at home and she's seen a little girl look in from the hallway into the bedroom by the time she looked the girl darted away back into the hall so my girlfriend ran out after her to see where did she go and obviously there was nothing there straight away she rang me because she was terrified this last one is definitely my favourite that happened and I say favourite but we were actually genuinely terrified we decided to have a early enough night so I'm on my side of the bed she's on her side of the bed she's sat down beside me she put a very big bottle of water probably say a two litre bottle of water beside her on the bed I know she put it there I've seen her do it and I was reading away she just tips me on the shoulder and said Rob look at that and I looked and the bottle was the other way around on its lid 
completely turned up, turned over. And I know for a fact she didn't move it because she was beside me the whole time. I would have seen her move. This place that I lived in was High Bristle House in Kilmainham in Dublin. And in the 10 months that we lived there, because we didn't even last a year, we had so many paranormal experiences. Uh, a little update on this apartment complex. Go to hauntedaf.com and all of our social medias because he's describing an apartment complex. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is this High Bristle House is really, really old. It's a beautiful old building. And I'm like, I would kill to live there, except for the fact that it's crazy freaking haunted. Yeah. So he does a little research on this place and it's been around forever. And in fact, before it was an apartment complex, it was a hospice that was run by nuns for about a hundred years. So as Rob is digging around, he finds a message board that's over 10 years old from all these people that were having experiences in this apartment. They even mentioned this little girl. So it's incredible. And we're going to share the links and share some pictures. Again, go find that at hauntedaf.com. Can I just say a ghost that moves like all your stuff just a little bit is the worst kind of ghost. <laughs> like it's such a dick move. I'm like, cause you think you're going crazy. Like I know I put this here. You're right. It is a total mind. F- but I prefer those <laughs> to the ones that hide your stuff. True. That makes me crazy. Okay. Yeah. Read his update. Yeah. So update from Rob. He said, I was listening to the podcast last week when I was driving home. I live an hour away from my job and I work until 2 a.m. So this would have been around 3 a.m. The witching hour. Ooh. I know. <laughs> so I have to drive through some small towns and on the way, one in particular has a small stream running down the center. So as I'm listening to your podcast, I noticed something in the stream. It looks like a big bit of cloth, but I'm too far away to distinguish it. Obviously, I tell myself it's my mind playing tricks on me, but as I get closer, I can clearly see this white hooded figure holding a staff with both hands, and I am freaking out. Clearly. Yeah, the next day, I told my fiance about it and said it couldn't be true. So I'm driving back to work the next evening. It's very sunny out and lots of traffic and people all around. I slow down, and when I get to the end of the split, and there it is, a bloody statue of a hooded figure holding a staff. Oh, Oh my gosh! <laughs> he goes, whomever put that there needs a good kick in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was there for three days and is now gone again. No idea why they did that random statue in the road for no reason. Love, Rob. <laughs> I want to do that now. Just go and collect old mannequins and pose them around town. <laughs> Let's just do that. Okay, this is so random, but his story kind of reminded me of something that I saw one morning on my way to work and I get up real early and I saw two people in black hooded cloaks walking like the Siberian husky that looks like the wolf. What? <laughs> yeah, just randomly on my way into work. So you just ran into like the night watch with a dire wolf just cruising down 635. Exactly. I was like, what is <laughs> happening right now? I was like, is this real life? And of course, I'm in the freaking suburb of McKinney, which is like Stepford Wife, USA. So the fact that these two people in a cloak with their wolf dog is really out of place. When you work early in the morning, you see crazy shit when you're driving to work. Yes. I, I mean, out of many weird things that I saw, I remember one time driving in at about 4 a.m. and I saw saw a giant guy, he was big, dressed all in black, running down the street with a hefty bag filled with stuff thrown over his shoulder. <laughs> running, Girl, that was probably full, a body. running full speed. It was like evil Santa, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. You know what? That's our next podcast. Weird evil shit you Santa. see. Yeah, no, weird shit you see at 4 a.m. when you're driving to work. <laughs> 
So you've got one from Erica. Yes. Erica says, uh, my dad was diagnosed with two forms of cancer back in the summer of 2013. Aww. These are always make me sad. Um, yeah. He fought a long and hard battle, but unfortunately he lost and passed Memorial Day of 2015. Saturday was the funeral. And at the end of the night, we were all back at my mom's house, sitting around the kitchen table and talking about the events from the week. At one point, my oldest sister said aloud, I wish there was more we could have done for dad. All of a sudden, we hear Siri say, don't worry, it's all right. She says, we all looked at each other a little freaked out because we didn't touch the phone. It apparently came from my cousin's phone, which was sitting on the table. So, of course, we tried to debunk the situation by saying, hey, Siri, we wish we could have done more for dad. But Siri didn't respond. We tried everything to get the phone to talk again, but it just didn't. We took that as a sign from dad that he was really okay. Oh, What a nice little moment to get that kind of closure. Yeah. But then she goes on to say, my aunt also had the same experience with Surrey. Her phone was in her purse and she was sitting in her car crying because she missed her brother. Out loud, she says, I really miss you. And Surrey said, I miss you too. Oh, I know. Oh God, that gets me right in the field. Yeah. So anybody who's had a similar experience, because I'm wondering if this has happened more often, Podcast at gmail.com because to have two experiences that close together, that's pretty big. Okay, so this one says, Hello, ladies of the Haunted AF Podcast. My name is John. I have a story for you. I'm currently working at a state psychiatric hospital in Maryland as a cook. I know, our favorite. The hospital opened in 1896, so it has a long history, including being a 3,000-acre plantation before it was a hospital. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had several experiences in the food services building. Once I saw someone behind me watching me work. He was an African American man, about five foot eight. But every time I tried to look directly at him, he wouldn't be there. This went on for about twenty minutes. Another time, I was getting something out of our large walk-in refrigerator when I heard someone with a strange, distorted voice say, "Greg." No one named Greg works in the building. My goodness. I have absolutely no explanation for this. Other co-workers have had experiences as well. One cook was opening at 5 a.m. and saw a man sitting on top of one of the ovens. She told him to get down, but he just vanished. One of the other cooks was playing with Snapchat filters on the back loading dock. She was about to take a picture of herself when the app found another face behind her, but no one was there. Honestly, I feel like something happens here every single week. Thanks, John. Okay, first of all, the Snapchat filter. I don't have Snapchat. Have you ever had that happen where it finds a face behind you or near you? Okay, so sort of, yes. Like, I don't want to debunk what he's saying, but the last time I logged onto the old Snapchat and put on a filter, it thought my neck was another face, like out of my wrinkles. I'm sorry. I, took so, a, I, I don't know. Could it have been wrinkles? Maybe. Or a ghost? I don't know. I sipped, I sipped my coffee before you said that and just about <laughs> spit it on my computer. Like that was almost a tragedy right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I mean, yeah, if you really, if you really want to feel bad about yourself, open up a Snapchat filter and then see two faces and it thinks and it's sad because it, it thinks your neck is a wrinkly old woman underneath you. You do not have a wrinkly old neck. That's I what do. I don't understand. No, you no, do it's not. it's so wrinkly. It's so wrinkly. Oh, Rebecca, guess what time it is. <gasps> dead pet of the week? What's this? What's that? Ah, it's the dead pet of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wanted more. Oh, wait. Well, I'll just play it again. Okay. What's this? What's, What's that? that? Ah, <laughs> it's the dead pet of the week. Of the week. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm snapping. I'm dancing. That's Woo-hoo! a good one. Hey, just <laughs> for the record, like you don't have to do production. You can literally no! sit in your car like that and sing the damn song. So this story comes from Angie. Hi, ladies. I just wanted to share a story with you that was a little bit uh, unique and strange. 
but I work as a volunteer in cat rescue. The group that I work with is in South Carolina, and we have a focus on TNR, which means we trap, we spay or neuter, and we release feral cats that live in colonies on the streets. And once we release them, we actually go every single day to make sure they have food and water. And if any of the cats have kittens before we're able to spare neuter them, then we take in the kittens as soon as we find them and we socialize them so that they can be adopted. My story kind of begins a few weeks ago. I have four cat colonies that I take care of. And one of the colonies, we have been able to successfully remove and adopt out 10 of the cats that were there. But there were also some cats that were feral, including... We call her Mama because she had some kittens. We were able to get three of her kittens, and they've all found great homes with adopters. But there was one that we were not able to catch. We tried for months and months. And by the time we were able to trap her, she was completely feral and wanted to kill us. So we had to put her back out. So basically at this colony, the only cats left were Mama and Kitten. Anyway, two, maybe three weeks ago, when I went to feed, Kitten did not show up, which was very unusual. Usually Mama and Kitten both showed up. We just thought, well, maybe she's off roaming. Flash forward two weeks later, she's still missing. We were so worried about her. I was so worried. A few days ago, I went to feed. It was close to midnight. I pulled up and Mama was there and she seemed a little distressed since Kitten has disappeared. And we actually had been discussing what we were going to do since she's the only cat there. Mama greeted me. She was meowing. Usually she's a very quiet cat. She was meowing on this night. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw something and I looked and it was Kitten. And I cannot tell you how relieved I was to see her. She looked fine. She looked healthy. She looked normal. It was interesting because uh, when I put the food down, she didn't even show an interest. She just kept watching me. When I would try to take a few steps towards her, she would start walking away, but then she would turn and look back at me. It was almost as if she wanted me to follow her. At least that's the feeling I got. So that's what I did. We kind of played this game where I would go a few steps and she would walk away from me and then she would turn and look at me. This went on for several minutes. And basically she went around a nearby building I followed her and I could not see her. She had completely disappeared and I had my flashlight on and I saw something and I looked and it was a body of a cat. Kitten has such distinctive markings. I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but she has about five colors in her fur. And this cat, the body that I found, I am 100% certain was Kitten. And it makes no sense because she, I had just seen her seconds before. She looked normal. She looked alive. She looked healthy, but she did vanish like as soon as I found the body. So I feel like she was trying to let me know that she's gone. So now we can kind of move forward with her mom. We're hopefully going to trap her and get her into a sanctuary, even if that sanctuary is 
is my home until we can figure out what to do with her. We want her to be safe. Unfortunately, I have no idea what happened to Kitten. Um, you know, I don't know how long we would have dragged our feet on making that decision had I not found her body. So I really do feel like this was her spirit coming to me and telling me, you know, I'm not here, so please help her. As crazy as that sounds, and to be truthful, I have not told anyone else this story because I think they may think I'm crazy. Anyway, thanks for the podcast. Appreciate you guys and uh, stay safe. Thank you, Angie. And first of all, thank you so much for the work that you do with cats. I mean, that is huge to catch and then spay and neuter and then release. But what a sweet story. Kitty was giving her some closure. Yeah, poor kitten. Okay, so you've got one. Yes, and he says, my experience took place at my best friend's house roughly four years ago. Strange things had always happened there, specifically after my friend's father passed away in 2012. Their bathroom unsettled me to the point that I would go outside to pee if possible. Now, how do you explain <laughs> that? <laughs> I'm like, first of all, that's such a typical dude thing. Yeah, like, oh, I'll just yeah. pee off the board. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's better so than peeing in the sink, honestly. Agreed. I, totally. I, if I have to choose between the to please pee off the porch as opposed to my sink, okay? Yeah. So he goes on to say, one day I'm hanging out there when I had to go to the bathroom. I just kind of went for it thinking, what's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> I'm like, I think we know by now. Uh-huh. There's some bad stuff that can happen. Uh, he says, I went to the bathroom. Nothing exciting until this heavy feeling of dread filled the tiny room. I turn around. I see absolutely nothing. Nothing in the shower. Nothing behind me. It's just me in the bathroom. So I shook it off and I got to washing my hands. Now, when he says shook it off, what? you know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking. I was just so impressed that he was actually washing his hands. <laughs> right. Thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, he was shaking it off. Uh, got to wash my hands when I hear, or more importantly, feel a whisper in my ear. It was a little girl's voice saying, a chew, a chew. Now imagine if one of your kids is whispering a secret into your ear. When you can feel that breath move on the tiny hairs on your ears. Woo! Now she didn't like she didn't actually sneeze. She just said the words. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Why is that so creepy? It's like so simple and yet it's terrifying. I think it's because she's not actually sneezing. She's just saying the words. I I don't know. Get it out. Get it out. Uh, he's like, hey, have you guys ever done an episode on the horror history of Long Island? Ooh. If not, highly recommend it. As you guys often refer to New Orleans as being a hot spot for paranormal activity. So I got to tell you, Long Island is easily the equivalent of the Northeast. Thank you so much for reading uh, from Brian. Yeah, we're going to have to look into that because I really hadn't thought of it. Isn't Long Island where the Amityville horror stuff happened? I believe so. And also, there's that random abandoned island. Have you heard of that? No. Where they banished Typhoid Mary? Oh, yeah. I thought that was the one in New York City, though. Uh, oh, it may be. Wait, yeah. Long Island is in New York, right? That's what I thought. Aren't they all kind of close together? <laughs> I don't know. Do we know our geography? I'm editing wait, all of this out for the wait, record. Wait, wait, wait. Funny story. My husband's a geography teacher. So, <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> oh, that's just embarrassing. Okay, okay. Real quick, we have to talk about some of the videos that we posted this week. Uh, if you don't follow Hana Day Off on TikTok or on YouTube, you are missing out. We got some really good stuff. First, we have to talk about the photos that Mary sent in, pictures of an incoming storm. Then she also got these weird streaks in the sky. <laughs> and it's funny because you commented and said it looks like a glowing worm up there. Yeah, or a ghost worm. Yeah, and that's what she said because we have still photos that she sent to us, but they were 
live images that she got on her iPhone. And so she can see it moving. And she said it was kind of squiggling around like a little glowing worm. So those were awesome. And then let's talk about Deneen's video. So she sent us a video from inside her apartment and it caught this bright flying light. Now she has no idea what it is, but she said in her email, uh, I seem to have a lot of activity, orbs, voices, stuff being moved around. She's like, it's a fun house. It's uh, <laughs> a weird definition of up, fun. She also said she would dig up some more, uh, I guess, videos to send us. And um, she actually got the camera so she could catch some of the things going on. And it worked apparently. I was wondering, why does she have this specific video? Because I understand pet cams when they're kind of close to the ground uh-huh. and then also like your baby monitors. But this one was just pointing into her kitchen. And of course, there's always the naysayers like, it's a bug. Right. But, you know, Of course, it could be a bug. But definitely go find those on YouTube and TikTok and all of our social medias. So we're on the phone with Jesse Heron, the owner of the Painted Lady Bed and Brew in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we have to say thanks to Des Hernandez for forwarding this story to us. And we're actually a little pissed off because Rebecca was just in Albuquerque and we could have sent her to you. So are you guys actually open and operating right now? Yeah, we are. We actually uh, have been open throughout this entire pandemic. You know, business has not been great or what it used to be. You're like a bed and breakfast, but you're a little different. Can you tell us how? Yes, we're a non-traditional bed and breakfast. We are a bed and brew. Love it. Basically, I don't get up that early, nor do I know (laughs) how to cook. So (laughs) so instead of being like a uh, bed and bagel bite, we serve local Albuquerque craft beer every day to our guests. I don't even eat breakfast, so this totally works for me. Yeah, our website is breakfastisoverrated.com, so there's no confusion. And hopefully by the time you two are able to come visit us, we'll have our own beer. So that's I was just going to ask, you need a ghost brew. I know, right? Yep, I was definitely coming. So you need to give us a little background. So the Painted Lady used to be a brothel. So give us a little history on this place. Okay, so basically, I purchased a property about seven years, and it was kind of a neighborhood eyesore, but it was mm-hmm. had this great history with the old saloon and brothel, and reportedly Billy the Kid and Pat Garrett stayed here. Oh, cool. So now I'm standing outside, and I'm showing the property. You know, before I find the dotted line, I'm showing it to some friends, and this guy walks down the sidewalk, and he says, are you thinking of buying this property? And I said, yeah. And he said, do you know the history? And I was like, well, I know a little bit. And he says, you don't know shit. And I was like, okay, okay. So I got out my iPhone and started recording. So he turned out to be a neighbor and his family are the ones that built the property. So he knew all these stories. So he's the one who told me about Billy the Kid and the family didn't trust banks. They buried all this money in coffee cans on the property. And you might find they're still missing $20,000. And I'm like, Billy the Kid, buried treasure. And then he says, oh yeah, and it's haunted as hell. And I'm like, where do I sign? This is amazing. So he's pointing at this room, which, you know, I was going to make the master bedroom. And he says, that room right there, he says, the old owners wouldn't even go in there. <sighs> and so I'm like, okay, that'll, that'll be the home office thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he, he tells me this story. This is, you know, over 100 years ago. This is in the 1880s when I was a brothel. This gentleman came in and he found his lover or, or wife with another man. So he went and got an axe and he came back and hacked up both of them. Pretty, oh, pretty gory no. detail about just hacking them up. Oh. You know, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yes, I own this place now. <laughs> I know. I buy the property. We start renovating almost right away. So we expose the original wooden floors, complete with blood stains and weird wear and high ceilings. Yeah, so what? 
Bloodstains? Yeah, there's a bloodstain. Right now, there's a couch that's covering it. But yeah, the guys were restoring the floors, and they brought me in and said they couldn't get rid of the stain, and that it wasn't from a dog or a cat. And they asked me, you know, like, what's the deal with this place? And I told them, and they both said, oh, yeah, it's blood. They're all, do you want us to try to, to remove it? And I'm like, don't you nah. touch it. Yes. Step <laughs> away. Leave it. Step away <laughs> from the blood. <laughs> I'm like, does it have a special name? Like, if we come to your place, can we say, like, we want the blood room? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd be the Lottie suite. Yeah, yeah, you got to move that sofa and show that thing off. <laughs> right, I know. Put, like, a rope around it. It's a historical site here. So on your website, it says that you have a succubus? Yeah, so when you do construction and renovation, it kind of wakes up the ghost. Yeah. So it's, like, the second summer in the house, and I'm sleeping, and something comes into the room, and it's like I'm sleeping on my stomach just in underwear, uh-huh. fairly exposed, if you can think of, you know, male anatomy. And this thing wakes me up. I feel this electro shock on the back of some parts downstairs. And it, and it wakes me up. And not like a cattle prod, but it's... Okay, and let's as be honest. Man, Was it good? Did like it feel like good? A, a pleasant no, tingle? No. no. It not, Was it, it nice? Was it delightful? It, like, you want to do that again? Oh, no, it was no. bad. It was a bad one. It's like, not like it was a bad touch, Rebecca. It was a bad touch. Okay. I mean, this thing, I think, was one of the female prostitute spirits, and it no, did no. not look kindly to men. So it did that, which startled me and woke me up. And then it was on me and forcing me into the mattress. And I was awake. I was, you know, throwing oh, my arms dang. about trying to get it off of me, and I was angry. And I... So, it, wait, wait, wait. It was trying to hurt you. Yeah. It did. It did. It reached out. I, mean, there's I no thought maybe it was trying to perform for you. No. It was crazy. And it, like, I remember being upset at first, and then I was so excited that it had made contact. So, anyway, things got kind of crazy. And I, at the time, um, had a three-legged dog named Bill Murray, who oh. was, like, my soulmate, my little companion guy and he started having issues with the spirits in the house and it was affecting him and so we signed this Buddhist priestess to do a cleansing and she comes in and she does her thing and she says there are three spirits in the house and two of them are female and I was like yeah I met one of them you know for Mm -hmm. sure and she said I'm going to help cross the two female over they're trapped because they want to leave and she goes and does her little thing says okay they're gone boom and then she says there's a third spirit here and it's a man and he's not going to go he doesn't want to leave he thinks this is his base mm-hmm. and he hides in the office where the axe thing happened right he hides in this corner and he's not going to go wow. and so i think two out of three ain't bad that, that's not bad let this continue i'll say it his way he'll say it my way mm-hmm. you know the energy changed immediately when she got these two female spirits out of there like you could feel the change you know murray my dog was bouncing around the house and it felt like we did it so time goes by and there's this series of nights where murray's in the bedroom and i hear him yelping and he never yelps and he does this for like three or four nights and after a while i'm like murray just stop there's nothing in there so a couple days later, my doorbell rings, and there's five ladies and a man. And this girl says, we're all psychics. Can we come in and walk your property? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So we're walking through, and there's this one lady who seems really legit and in tune with stuff. She says, you've had this place cleansed before. And I said, yes. 
she said there were three spirits and two of them left. And nobody knew that at the time. I was mm-hmm. like, yes, but it's cool. And she says, no, you're not cool. He wants you gone. He's serious that you're still here. And when you're not around, he torments your dog and he's <gasps> aging your dog. And, you know, mess with me all you want. Don't mess with Bill Murray. You're not yeah, messing hell with no. an animal. Yeah. Or a kid, oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, with three-legged so Bill said, Murray. No way. Oh. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, how do we get him out of here? And she says, we're going to build a demon trap. And I'm like... Can I record this? <laughs> she says yes, and I'll send you the video. Fantastic, do, you know. Please, yes. And um, and she said as he was going into the trap, he was clawing at her, trying to pull her down into the trap oh with her, with him. Holy and, and, shit! Yeah, I know. <laughs> and before they left, they built this grid and they put it in all four corners of my apartment. And they said, it's going to keep all bad things out. You're protected. And I was like, okay, awesome. So the reality is, is that things were not totally awesome at the Painted Lady. There was a lot of stuff still going on that Jesse had to deal with. So go listen to the rest of his story at patreon.com. Find the Haunted AF page. Tune in next week. We're going to talk to Casey St. Ange. She was David Letterman's assistant for years. She worked on all six seasons of the Rosie O'Donnell show. Wow. And she is currently co-hosting the Busy Phillips is Doing Her Best podcast. But Casey also has a crazy ghost story to share with us. We're also going to share a creepy story from a campsite near Gettysburg. And when you and your friends are jokingly reading chapters aloud from an old book of spells. Oh, no. You should probably try not to piss off any spirits in the process. And that's all coming up on the next Haunted AF. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Got to say thanks to Andrew Mamalaga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we got to thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.